If you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game, you have to check out Mini Motorways on Apple Arcade. It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. Pixel Sift is proudly supported by Murdoch University School of Arts. So do you want to learn how to make your own Twitch channel or podcast and outclass the competition? Well, with the skills that you learn in a creative degrees in games, sound, film, journalism, it will put you in a class of your own. Have a look at murdoch.edu.au forward slash arts to learn more about what they've got on offer. That's murdoch.edu.au forward slash arts, or you can simply search Murdoch University for more information. Murdoch University School of Arts proudly supporting Pixel Sift. Pixel Sift. Hello and welcome to Pixel Sift, the show dedicated to indie games from around Australia and the world. My name's Fiona, and joining me tonight is my co-host Gianni. How are you going? Fantastic, Fiona. How are you? I'm wonderful, and I forgot to switch you on once again. <laughs> Every <laughs> I am week. fantastic. Yep. <laughs> so tonight we have two special guests joining us, uh, Simon Rance and Leon Zwada. They are both from, oh, let's see if I can say this, in. I can't say it. Indefatigable. Indefatigable. I've been able to say it all afternoon and now I just can't do it anymore. (laughs) And That's why we called it that. Yeah. Yeah, To trip everyone up. Pretty much. And that's the (laughs) studio behind a medieval. So thanks for joining us tonight, guys. Glad to be here. Yeah. Thank you for having us. So, Gianni, what else will we be talking about? So first up, we're going to be talking about uh, gaming subscription services, both Google and Xbox and I guess EA are also making a big push to get people to pay a regular bit of money every month for games. Uh, we're going to see whether or not people think that's a good idea uh, and whether that'll make a difference to the way that you play games. Fantastic. So let's get started. You're listening to Pixelsift, or you might be watching Pixelsift on Twitch. Pixelsift. So recently, Google and Xbox have announced plans or even are expanding their plans to get people onto that subscription-based service. Now, Google uh, have come out with a product called Stadia. It's going to launch in November and slightly different to the uh, the Xbox system, but it actually is a complete streaming system entirely. So if you think about these systems being the Netflix of games, this is about as close to the Netflix of games you can get because you just stream it on any device that has an internet connection. Now, Xbox has got the Game Pass. It's a subscription-based service that offers like a downloadable library of games, um, and they're kind of expanding that out to Windows. That was the big announcement at the E3 uh, conference a couple of weeks ago. Now, Leon, Simon, I want to know, what do you think about 
subscribing to games versus buying games? Well, you know, it's it's tough for us because we're indies. So if we were to, you know, get a regular, like if, if a big company was like, oh, we're going to, you can just, you know, make a game and we'll give you a budget and, you know, that's it. You don't have to worry about it. It might be cool. But then on the other hand, you know, there's Steam and stuff. And if you can put your game up on there and you get like a wildcard success, you can do really well as well. It's it's kind of, I have no idea how, how it can turn out. That could go either yeah. way, you know, for for us, for the big companies, it makes tons of sense because they'll be like, hell yeah, you know, 15 bucks a month or whatever, or however much it costs. It's just yeah. regular income for them. So for them, it's like not a big of a, like deal i guess as it is to like people trying to do their own thing yeah like it kind of evens it like evens out like yeah if you have a hit and you're selling on steam you just get lots of sales and income um but if it's a streaming service it's still just the the income from the you know the the fees and stuff uh monthly fees and stuff from the streaming service you know but who knows how it would work (laughs) <laughs> yeah i think it's like one of those it's things bit... almost like you can have to wait and see because like netflix didn't take off straight away i think it was like it evolved over time yeah. as well it was you used to like send away for for dvds to come in i think mm. yeah mm. yeah mm-hmm. well if, yeah. if you think about xbox games pass that's kind of a bit almost like the way it is yeah. they've got a library that you can kind of almost borrow by downloading yeah. it to your yeah. computer and you play it on, on whenever you, as long as you maintain yeah. that subscription, you've got access to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the Stadia system, which you just stream it all directly, which yeah. I guess the big thing um, is really dependent on good internet, which I don't know that Definitely. most people in Australia yeah. have good enough internet. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm keen to try it, but I'm I, I'm not confident that the the conditions are going to be good enough. Maybe for a no. single player game, if you yeah, want to maybe. play something like that. Um, That's true. But anything anything multiplayer, where you're sort of relying on your your you know connection and speed to be as good as possible, and the you know the, the picture coming mm-hmm. back to you to be as good as possible, um, yeah. then it's going to be a challenging thing. Would it be something that you would subscribe to to play games yourself though? Uh, I can see a lot of boxes in the if- background though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know yeah i I mean those are like you know games i've collected over the years and you know that was how they came but like subscription it's if yeah it was like a new game every now and then or how many it depends on how many how much you got i guess if they had like a huge library it'd be hard not to it'd be very mm-hmm. tempting yeah know? you'd have to uh you have to really uh play games a lot mm. to kind of justify i think if you know what i mean i mean yeah because you know if you got a scene there like and you're never using it really you're just wasting money rather than like so you um like buy a game you play it or you don't play you play one game for a long time or something that's a lot more you know cost effective yeah um but yeah so i think it really depends on a lot of things and yeah the internet thing definitely yeah is like the other thing that stadia style of streaming is aimed at people that don't have very good computers because the mm. the server at the other end or whatever is doing all the work for your graphics and all that kind of stuff all the processing yeah so i have a real amazing computer so i there's no real reason for me to stream anything mm. i mean i can buy a game download it and it's done you know i've got mm. it forever or whatever yeah. it, it, 
it's that yeah, the, it's it has to be like the price, I suppose, discounts. Yeah. I think what's interesting is you've actually there's sort of been almost like a halfway model that's kind of existed in um, in Japan on the Switch. So yeah. Assassin's Creed Odyssey actually came out as a streaming game on the Switch um, wow. in Japan. Yeah. So in, you could have that sort of console quality um, game or like you know even you know PC quality game on a handheld, and all it yeah. is is basically just a you know it's a, an internet huh. browser effectively. So that's kind of a, a way that you can kind of have that sort of halfway point where maybe you've got something you can play locally, um, but then you also have the streaming ability. But again, that yeah. is reliant on good infrastructure and doesn't exist anywhere else. Yeah, like Japan, Japan and yeah. South Korea have amazing yeah. internet. It's totally. I yeah. think honestly that this is like like Netflix. This is just what's going to happen, though. I do think that this is. Mm-hmm you know, eventually, like say 10 years down the line, hopefully like people have better internet. Australia has better internet, but I think this is honestly the way it's going to go. Uh, it'll just take a while. Yeah. I think, but this yeah. is the beginnings of it. You know, like I feel like when Netflix started probably a lot of people thought it would never take off, but you know, look at it now. Yeah. It has to be a good service. That's the oh, other yeah. thing. You know, if they, if they put it out and it's just not, doesn't run well or, there's issues that might get left behind. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Now, thanks for and, watching uh, Pixel Sift, your indie game interview podcast live on Twitch. If you've just tuned in, we're talking about game subscriptions and whether they have a place in play of habits of gamers today. Now, David Haddad, the president of Warner Brothers, he was doing an interview with someone and they were, he was asked about subscription games and he said there are gamers that want to consume way more than two or three games a year, which is the average so um, there may be people like that that might have that consumption pattern of having a subscription so they can try more games and play more games. If, it, if When it comes out, if they do like kind of like Netflix where it's got the first month free, I'll probably try it purely to see what sort of games are on there. But I feel like because I go throughout the year finding out what games are coming and just buying, like you said, three or four but I feel like I will be too indecisive to use this properly. We did go yeah. and ask a lot of people um, on the Pixel Sift Discord and also on social media as well. Um, uh, Smith90 on Discord says, a-, a library that I'll never fully explore, exclusive mm. content that gets me excited and a price that won't turn me into a ghost is what I would subscribe for. Um, and we've also got someone else. Uh, Wilco on Discord says, I'm already subscribed to the Xbox Game Pass, uh, the ultimate version of that um, and it's really changed the way that he actually plays games um, playing so many games that i've missed or i've wanted to buy and hopefully doing the series some sort of you know um sort of it, he says he already subscribes to the ubisoft titles so there's a uplay plus which is a similar sort of service but they the services need to be right for the person because not every subscription service are suited to you then they're not worth anything um, yep. And we did, yeah. we did have some people who came out and said, uh, so Shafoni on Twitter says, subscribing for things in general sucks. I'd rather pay for more money to own all my own products. Um, mm. And we also had um, uh, Ashley on Discord who said, I'm still on the edge about the whole games as a subscription thing. I picked up the pass because I thought it would keep my Xbox live while it was set, uh, set to reset. I've tried the Game Pass normally before. I picked it up because it gave me a, access to a crap ton of games. Uh, when I wanted for a dollar at the time and get to keep them until uh, till next year. But it goes, some of my friends are really loving the Game Pass because of all the things they have access to, um, but I always prefer buying the game on my own. Now, the, the thing I always wonder, though, we, we talk about Netflix and there is all these sort of competitive services now where yeah. we can actually stream. If we th- keep the TV analogy going, 
if there was lots of little mini subscription services, is that even going to be better than having one overarching service? And and do you think someone like Epic maybe, or, or maybe um, Steam might be considering something like this um, as an ongoing sort of service? Oh, I've got no idea what they're up to, you know, but if it, yeah. if, if, if it's on the horizon, you can bet they'll be looking into it. Yeah. You know, they're always at the forefront of that thing. Those, yeah. But yeah, yeah Epic, Epic and Steam especially, I think. Yeah, I just hope that if it does happen that there's just like, you know, Netflix has like a lot of content, but a lot of it is just not good. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's it's just yeah. it's just crap. And <laughs> hopefully it doesn't happen with games where like, you know, mediocre people get picked up by these things and make just average stuff, you know? That would suck. It's all... Because yeah. <laughs> it'd have to be approved, you know? Like they wouldn't yeah. just pick up anyone. They'd be like, oh, these people, you know... You'd like, want it to be like the sort of curated experience, like maybe. the best of the so, best know, like quality. A, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And if there and are if there's a like lot, all these, yeah, like like um, Ubisoft would do their own sort of streaming thing, and then Origin and you, Steam. Yeah. It's like oh, God, you just know you just know that they'd all have their own exclusives, and so you would end up you'd like want to play one specific game, but you don't have that specific streaming service. And I guess for that month, you'd have to like buy the bullet or something, you know. Mm. Or a couple think, months even. Yeah, I think though just normal game purchase is going to be around for at least, you know, yeah, the foreseeable future. I mean, yeah, de- downloading files and stuff, that's still going to exist, you know, so yeah. as long as that's a thing, you know. And there's like a lot of people don't like even DRM. They like, you know, buying <laughs> stuff from GOG, for example, where you get to keep the, f- the game files. You can make backups yourself, you know, legally, yeah. all this type of thing. Um, yeah. We might... I'll leave you with a few other comments here. So Lucas Jintuki on Discord says, I won't buy games as a service unless it's an MMO. I like to own all of my games, and if PC gaming turned into subscription hell, I'd frankly go back to pirating. Gamers' subscription service doesn't <laughs> yeah. do anything to help the hardcore community. Its mm. biggest appeal is towards casual gamers. There's no benefit for this. It's literally the same problems uh, that having 50 different consoles would have uh, with all these different exclusive deals. So. Yeah. I think that's quite a good point to to leave it on. That's good. Yes. Yes. So let's move on to the next topic. Pixel Civ. It's not Pixel Civ. It's Pixel Sift. Pixel Sift. (laughs) So tonight we're talking with Simon Rance and Leon Zwada, co-directors of Indefatigable. There we are. So close. You got me again. Indefatigable. 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 And the whole time I've been repeating in my head and it <laughs> got me out again. And we're talking about their new retro-looking FPS game called A Medieval. So to begin with, for those who don't know, yeah, they got a shirt all ready to promote. So could you tell yeah, us yeah. what is A Medieval? Uh, well, A Medieval's a fantasy FPS and it's like retro-styled as well. It's It's got like you know, pixely stuff if you look at it. However, it's a mix of old and new. So we've got Unreal Engine 4 running the game and it's um, it's got like PBR, you know, like realistic lighting and shadows and fog and all this stuff. And it, it looks really cool, I think. Um, and it's got a bit of the old school gameplay as well. We kind of really, really love Doom. We've been Doom modders for years. So we yep. used that as a kind of a base, but then we switched up the weapons a bit in the combat. Like the enemies are way, way, way smarter than Doom. And, uh, yeah, the weapons are way different. We don't have a standard, like, shotgun, like, machine gun, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's, yeah, it's we all just crazy. 
yeah. <laughs> Crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned a few sort of influences there, a bit of doom modding in there. How did yeah. you guys start working together? Uh, oh, my God. Day? Yeah. So we met when we were like six, seven, seven yeah, or six or something. <laughs> neighbors. Just, we were neighbors. Yeah. Because I, I lived in New Zealand at the yeah. time when I was a kid. Um, yeah. And we lived just at the end of this cul-de-sac. It was like literally like a movie or something. We just lived across the road. Um, we're just like, hey, one of your friends? And the rest was history. And we've <laughs> Once we saw Doom and learnt that you can make like levels for it, that was like that was it. That, that was, was like beginning. our whole life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, beginning of the end. It's their fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no. Romero. Yeah. Uh, so you've got, you've got quite a small team, and you're working across yeah. two different uh, two different continents, almost or well, one continent, but what you know, two different parts yeah, of the world. Yeah. 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 How does that How does that all work? Well, that's fine because we used to work for Interceptor Entertainment, which was based in Denmark. So we were used to, you know, working with like, we got up to like 30 or 40 people, I think. Yeah. yeah. The game Bombshell. Yeah. And we all worked really fine. You know, mm-hmm. we were one of the first, what did they call it? What did they call the studio? It was like a in- world studio or remote studio know, or something. Yeah, they had a name like, for it. it, was it was like this, yeah. Yeah. It was Most really of cool. the people were remote, like. Yeah. Like everyone, basically. Um, so yeah, it's even better actually than that because we're not getting up at like 3am to have oh, a meeting yeah. or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. We're basically yeah. two hours apart, so it's not even a big deal. Yeah. We've got a um, question on the chat from, uh, Crabbo who says, oh, <laughs> one of your mates, um, yeah. who, who inspires the color theory of a medieval? Is that a bit of a, that's a meme because yeah. one of the first negative comments we got on the game was. Something about somebody said the color theory in this game yeah. is terrible. But they know. said they said learn color theory. Yeah, learn color theory. That was <laughs> yeah. it. Learn color theory. You don't know what you're doing. There's just yeah. this huge meme. Yeah. It's great. So what, I guess um, just because it's really colorful, I suppose. I don't know. It's fine. Nah, it looks it looks good. We've been playing a, a a bit of a clip from the game, and it's, I'm I'm really enjoying all the colors in it. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> So what made you guys decide uh, to make the game single-player uh, first-person shooter rather than a multiplayer? Well, mul- multiplayer is, like, really difficult these days. Um, yeah. If you don't get sort of popular quick and a large fan base, it's going to die, like, instantly. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah. difficult. You need a lot um, of, back, like, all of the back-end stuff and support well, and stuff. That. Yeah. You know, like the actual making of a multiplayer game is a little bit more difficult too with all the replication. You know, like every computer has to sync up with what they're doing. And uh, I really like single player games. Like most games I play are single player. I do play multiplayer as well. You know, I play like Counter Strike and Rainbow Six and Fortnite and stuff. But yeah. I still like single player games the most. You know, Same you can here. fire them up anytime. You don't yep. have to wait for a friend to be online or anything like that. Um, yeah. You talked a little bit about in the beginning there how you've you've taken sort of the old and the new and you've kind of merged them yeah. together. What sort of yeah. things have you kept from that sort of older 90s era? And that can be just a feeling or, or, yeah. or what have you decided to get rid of and update for, for modern game players? Well, the, um, the combat is very 90s. It's very fast paced. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the guns, there's only seven weapons. They're not guns. They're bloody swords. <laughs> <laughs> there's only seven of them. And... The way it works is, uh, as you kill an enemy, they drop a soul, and then you pick up the souls, and as this little bar fills up, when it hits the full thing, you can activate soul mode, and all your weapons get powered up for a short amount of time. That was kind of inspired by 
um, a mod we made called Return of the Triad, where you get 100 of these pickups and then you go into god mode. This is also inspired by Heretic, where your weapons would power up with the Tome of Power, which is a cool yeah. mechanic. It's kind of merging those together. Yeah. Um, so that's a bit of old and whatnot. Um, the more modern thing is the level design is very like intuitive compared to old stuff. There's not a lot of uh, like... It's Get, not getting, you don't get lost uh, you don't get as lost. much. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's the and there's not like a switch hunt, so you go press a switch, you have no idea what it does, and yeah. Have, yeah, go find a key, and then like, the door is somewhere else, you know. Like, we're not getting inundated with, where do I go now? Yeah. Mm. You would get if it was, like, authentic to the 90s. Yeah. I remember spending a lot of time pressing the action button against walls just to see if I could find anything. <laughs> but we don't even have an action button. You yeah. Know? yeah. We got rid of yeah. we got rid of that. Everything just if if there's a secret you kind of just go run up to the wall uh mm. and it'll open up. It's like Quake, uh, which was a good idea because it's a it's a fast action game. You don't yes, need to hit yeah. multiple keys. You just need yeah. WASD and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it SQDJ on uh Twitch says I get huge Quake vibes, so I think you've captured that yeah. really well. Oh yeah, yeah, lots of people have competed mm-hmm. to that. But I mean it's it's not on purposely like that. It's just you know, we. I think yeah. I think it's just Quake is such a quintessential game, and so it's yeah. like if you feel like that a '90s FPS, you probably feel like Quake, like in some way, you know. Yeah, and people compared it to Unreal for the like you know the the grand scale of the actual levels and the the vistas and the music and stuff as well. But it's just kind of. We never set out to do anything. We were just like, what would be cool? <laughs> yeah, that's literally a medieval <laughs> yeah, literally. show. That's we, our we whole any, design philosophy. We didn't even have any game design documents like no. you're supposed to. We didn't do anything you're supposed to do in game. We were just like, let's just do whatever. And if it's yeah. cool, it's cool. Yeah. And it's been great. It's been so yeah. low stress and everyone loves the game. The product <laughs> turned out great. You know, An like, example of that is we one of the weapons, we were just like, what should we do? And we just had a call and we we're just like, some kind of rocket launcher thing maybe. And someone just said, what if it just shot planets yeah. And then we were just like, wait, there's no reason not to. <laughs> so let's yeah, do so, it. So we've got a weapon that shoots planets. It sucks was, them out of space and shrinks them down, and you just yeah. throw them at the enemies. That was actually, I think that was my idea, because I was inspired by yeah, so. a game called Anachronox, where it's like a Final Fantasy-type game. You know, you've got a party, and it's all turn-based, but one of your characters is actually a planet that shrinks down, <laughs> and like, is in your party, and so you've got this planet walking around, and all the NPCs are like, is that a planet? <laughs> a funny thing, you know. So was there any ideas that you said, nah, this is just too far, we've pushed it, That's or was it pretty much like, oh, let's think of a way that no. we can work it in? No, it's just like, we tried stuff, we tried lots of stuff, and if, it's, if it sticks and it's funny and fun, yep. you know, just keep it. Yeah. Like, guess, originally we had... Not, like, not scared to let things go either, we're just not, like, there wasn't much, but it, uh, if something was just not fun, we weren't like clinging to it, you know. Like, yeah, you know, things like, didn't really could get. We didn't get rid of things. We just evolved them. Really, what else? Did we no, we did get rid of some stuff. We had like a dragon that we got rid of and stuff because it wasn't oh, cool. Yeah. And it was janky. <laughs> uh, a couple of weapons early on, like this fire lightning type stuff, and it didn't work. And what else did we? Yeah. We didn't cut a ton of stuff though. No, 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 no it wasn't much. Yeah, it a really levels. Just... Quite a lot of levels actually. We cut. Because yeah. like, I like to like just experiment and just make whatever. And, and we also smashed some levels together, some pieces. Yeah, yeah that was quite cool. So thanks for watching Pixel Sift. If you're joining us on one of our live platforms, we're talking to co-directors Simon Rance and Leon Swada from Indefatigable. 
nailed it that oh, time. Got it. Nice, you got it. <laughs> about the Sweet. new game, A Medieval. So who do you think is the target audience for your game? Uh, well, it's it's like, you know, fans of those retro FPSs definitely mm-hmm. will pick it up. But um, there have been other people that have said, oh, you know, I just saw this and it was looked cool. So I tried it and it's yeah. good, which is amazing. Few people and, have said uh, they don't normally play FPS. Yeah, um, I've got some. I've got some friends that are like you know, sixteen years old, and I sent it to them, and they were like, "Whoa, this is awesome!" Like, I didn't know that this was like a a thing, you know. And they thought it was awesome, so that was cool. And they finished yeah. the game and stuff. Which, like, I was like, "What the hell?" Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I didn't expect that because most people have like really short attention spans. Mm. Play two they, episodes and then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, they stuck through it. He's like, "What the hell? This is good." I was like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. So. Yeah, um, and it's like it's doing very well on Steam, you know. Well, like at the moment, it's, it's, that's yeah. such a surprise. Like it's pleasant still surprise. on the, the trending, like right now. I checked it, like you know, sort of ten minutes ago. Still on trending and whatnot. And uh, Dave reckoned it did as well as um, Dusk on release, or better than Dusk on release, which was just mind blowing because yeah, Dusk seriously. is like it's huge. You know, Dusk is the golden boy. Yeah, for, the, um, for this kind of style of game, this retro throwback sort of. Mm thing that's going on is there still a bit of like a i guess a question mark about the market for these sort of games yeah definitely chuck it out there and see what happens yeah yeah um like the doom community for example is gigantic and it's like the sleeper that no one really knows about yeah and that 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 has got to be a, a section of the people that buy it quake you know there's still a lot of quake modders out there and so forth they've actually banded together and they're making Three Realms has got them together and they're making a game called Wrath, and that's that's probably going to be picked up by a lot of the Quake community. Um, but there's a lot of overlap there as well between all of us because, like, I'm a huge fan of that. I can't wait for that to come out. And there's also Iron Maiden, which is another sort of the thing, and Project Warlock. There's, there's heaps of them have just come out for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like, when we were doing this, there wasn't this fad, and it's no. sort of come about it's, it's yeah. all happened to land at the same time like when you well it's that, probably all of the people that grew up with them are you know adults now and are doing their own thing and they've decided yeah. to make that type of game like yeah. there was a lot of nes style platformers a good three or four years ago and then that would line up with sort of the timeline mm-hmm. and perhaps we'll see the early 2000s type of game come back. I don't know. Oh my god, but yeah. We see like Half-Life style games? I don't know. No, we're due for PlayStation 1 era graphics, I think. Yeah, That's yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> I have totally. one or two things like that that people are working on. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got another question from uh, from Ultimate Cheese, which I think yeah. is... Uh, how did you come up with episode 7? It's ge- Geometry and its boss. So you might need to explain <laughs> that. Just don't know about that. Well, Simon okay. made the coolest level in that oh. episode. So yeah. How did you yeah. come up with that? Well, uh, first I'll explain that the episode seven, without giving too much away, is uh, the void where the evil lives, the evil you're amid. <laughs> yeah. um, and so it's like what it sounds like. It's just a void uh, with lots of floating geometry and stuff, and it's it mind-bending. And um, But really coming up with it was – like the rest of the game, I opened the editor and I knew we wanted, you know, foggy voids, crazy stuff. So I just started throwing meshes from all the other episodes together in weird ways. Uh, and just, it, that's basically it. And I would just like build and build the levels out. Like it was always, we didn't like plan any levels. We just would get in there and build them as 
as if we're playing them, sort of build a room and then be like, what would be cool to do next? Build the next one. Yeah. So uh, I just would be like, you know, how cool would it be if instead of the floor being flat, it's on a 45 degree angle and it's really disorienting people to walk around on it. And then I just, I thought of this cool thing where platforms fly in at like real high speeds in front of you as you walk. And that yeah. just, I was just like, okay, this is pretty sweet. So that became like a whole like theme of the episode. Mm. You so, can see a little bit of that in the trailer actually, as they come yeah, yeah. in. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was just, uh, Using the the fact it was a void made it, I think, easier mm. because I could just go crazy with like you know platforms going off at the distance, blowing up everything like ten times the size they're meant to be, and just putting it way in the distance so you just see things floating out there. It's, it's like a mega like abstract. Yeah. When you think about that, and you think about it in the context of of the era of games that you're kind of trying to evoke the feeling of, are those yeah. things that just would be basically impossible to do back exactly. In the day? That's yeah. the kind of thing that, they, that you kind of wish you could have done when you were yeah. in the 90s. Because, yeah, yeah, like we said, we grew up making Doom and mods and stuff. And when I was doing that, I was always like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I could have a room on top of another room? Because that was like <laughs> yep. impossible at the time. Which is crazy to think about. One level, you know, <laughs> it's, it, it's actually a good way to describe it, though, is uh, this is the game that people in the 90s would want to make. If they could have all the technology we have now, this is kind of like what they would make. They'd like just take everything, dial it to 11, I guess. Like, you know, they're not limited by technology and draw distance and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like you both said, you kind of got your start by modding. Are you expecting your game to be modded by people? How would you react to that? Uh, we, we would love that, but it's just, um, yeah, the Unreal uh, stuff has become more and more locked down mm. as it's gone along, possibly because of Fortnite. Mm. Um, I'm not too sure. But... um. I would love it if they would make it so it was more moddable. And especially if, if if even Fortnite was moddable, it would be great because it would open up like way more yeah. people to, to Unreal Engine modding. Um, not that it's hard, but, you know, it would just be... Because, like, it would get more younger people interested in it probably too. Mm. Um, so at the moment, we can't do mods because there's a lot of proprietary stuff that we have and we have a couple of bought things. Like, we bought some animations and stuff. So we can't, like, re put that out for people to mess with because it's mm -hmm. you know belongs it's to a bit of a shame else. isn't it mm. it, it is. sucks yeah i mean, I'd love modding i could probably like deep dive into my brain for a couple of weeks and try and figure out a way of doing it but you know it's 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 gonna be you know it's it's not gonna be feasible i'm pretty sure now so, yeah. what's next on the horizons for now i've i've lost it i was going to say it and i've lost the name in indefatigable <laughs> what's next on the horizons a name change maybe <laughs> no. no i think um, i just need to better indefatigable 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 yeah. was the name of this ship from this um books hornblower and they made a tv series as well oh, and they always hornblower. called it the indie yeah you got it yeah they called it the indie so with you know, we just call it indie. It's a yeah, little yeah. in joke, you know, indie games. Yeah, mm. yeah, so, yeah. And it's a, just a cool word. It is, <laughs> it's, a, it's a forgotten word, which means unable to be fatigued. So it's like indie yeah. fatigable. Sort of, you yeah. could pronounce it as well. It might be a bit easier. Um, but um, what's on the horizon? We're um, we've got the Switch version of a medieval to do, and it would be really cool to do Xbox and PlayStation as well if yeah. we can. So we're going to be looking into that and Linux and Mac and all that kind of stuff. Um, but for another game, we've got lots of ideas, and we are going to put them all together 
play around and see what happens. Basically, we don't have anything you know concrete yet. But you haven't put will. up the game design docs or anything together yet. We well, this is the <laughs> yeah. thing. Like it works so well with the medieval not to have any game design docs. So yeah. <laughs> we may do that again. I don't know. You know, like we, we may plan some do. things, but I think yeah. we'll just get in there and start making. You know, see what comes out. Yeah, and then and then for, you know it all comes together once you start making stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is all about that we have time for on today's show. Uh, Leon, if people want to find out more about a medieval, where's the place for mm-hmm. them to go? Then go at medieval.com or they can go on you know, Steam, search a medieval. Uh, it's on GOG. Yeah, the main places. Switch soon. Switch. Yeah, switch yes. soon. Yep. And if you're interested in getting the game on Steam, you should head over pretty soon because there's 20% off, which yeah, is yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> yep. And yep. it's the Dusk and a Medieval bundle as well. If you've got Dusk, you get a Medieval slightly cheaper than you would. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So. Well, thank you for joining us on another episode of Pixel Sift. And thank you very much for joining us tonight, Leon and Simon, for telling us more about a Medieval. Cheers. Yeah, thank you. So Thanks this episode has been hosted by myself and Gianni. Thanks again for joining me tonight, Gianni. No worries at all. You've got a lot of love on the chat. I can see here people are very excited uh, for it. So, yeah. Um, so, Pixel Sip so Pixel <laughs> is uh, produced by Scott Quigg, Sarah Island, myself, uh, Mitch Lowe, and Gianni Di Giovanni is our executive producer. And we would have been able to make 124 episodes of Pixel Sift if we didn't have the support of Murdoch University. So you can go and check them out and tell them that we sent you. And if you're keen to learn more about a great creative degree, you can go to murdoch.edu.au forward slash arts. Now, as always, we'll be sticking links to the topics we talked about in the show notes on our website, which is www.pixelsift.com.au. And you can come join us on Discord. Maybe you're spending time making mods yourself, you're um, modifying games. You can share that in the Discord. The way to join that is pixelsift.com.au forward slash Discord. Share your creative work, talk about the topics we have on the show or anything else you'd like to, uh, pixelsift.com.au forward slash Discord. And if you like what we do, uh, please tell a friend because we don't pay to advertise and we rely on word of mouth to have people find the show. And now our next episode is going to be actually a bit of a special one. So we will be broadcasting live from Supernova, which is on this weekend. We'll be chatting with indie developer Anthony Sweet, Twitch partner Kabalia, and cosplayer Pika P about how they stay creative and get over those bumps of when they don't, just don't know what to do. So that will be at 3pm uh, Western Australian time this Sunday, the 30th of June. So if you're at the convention, why don't you swing down and say hello? We'd love to see you. And well, that's and all for not, this week. Yeah, if you're not there, we'll, we'll record it as well. So you and then you can watch it online. <laughs> yeah. So thanks uh, for joining us once again for this week. We will catch you next time. Thank you so much. If you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game, you have to check out Mini Motorways on Apple Arcade. It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. 
Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. 